Hello and welcome to Talking Opinions. I am your host, Anthony Livingston Hall. Cruise liners resumed operations this week with great fanfare and a little trepidation. Royal Caribbean and celebrity cruisers headed for ports of call in my neck of the woods down in the Caribbean, while others headed for ports in Europe and the Mediterranean. But truth be told, I cannot fathom why this comes as great news to so many people around the world. After all, even before COVID-19, Novovirus-made cruise ships seem like little more than floating petri dishes. Uh, trust me, there's a reason why locals in more and more ports of call are reacting to passengers on cruise ships like locals in Venice are these days. And that is not by cheering them as revenue-generating tourists, but by jeering them as disease-carrying zombies. And don't get me started on the environmental mess cruise ships leave in their wake. Because instead of holding their crap to dump back home, they blithely leave behind tons of human waste bobbing like logs in pristine seas from the Caribbean to the Adriatic. This is why Carnival pleaded guilty in 2019. Not just to dumping a putrid mix of plastics and waste in Bahamian waters, but to covering up its non-compliance with environmental requirements by, among other things, falsifying records. But cruise liners make so much friggin' money that everyone knew Carnival would regard its $20 million fine as a small price to pay for doing its dirty business in our clean Caribbean Sea. But I digress. I am recording this episode on the last day of Pride Month, June 2021. The inspiration for it came as I was browsing images from the Gay Pride Parade New Yorkers held last weekend, complete with revelers branching off for a joyous, braless dyke march, as the women themselves called their march. New Yorkers have been holding this annual parade since 1970 to commemorate the landmark 1969 Stonewall protests which marked the beginning of the gay rights movement. More to the point, if you haven't seen the images I mentioned, or surely better still, if you've never seen a gay pride parade in person, it is truly a kaleidoscopic spectacle to behold. The point, though, is that you'd be hard-pressed to find any expression of gay pride on board any of the cruise ships that headed this week where I hail from down in the Caribbean, because religious dogma and scapegoating have made the association of gays and cruise ships taboo throughout much of the region. 
Religious leaders in the Cayman Islands first threw this into jihadist relief when they raised holy hell about a gay-themed cruise ship dropping anchor in Grand Cayman in 2006. I dearly denounced them in a blog commentary titled Gay Cruise Provokes Religious Hysteria in the Caribbean on January 31, 2006. Alas, the more things change, the more prejudice remains the same. I am reliably informed that Cruise Critic is a TripAdvisor-like website for LGBTQ folks who are interested in cruising on luxury ships. But here's the warning its editors issued, along with COVID protocols, for the 2021-2022 season, and I quote. There have been well-publicized incidents of all gay charters facing opposition and scattered protests at ports in such countries as Grand Cayman, Jamaica, and Turkey. So gay charter companies generally steer clear. Gay travellers should be aware that, in some ports, they might be faced with different levels of social tolerance. End quote. I'm obliged to note here that the editors did not include the Bahamas, my mother country, on their uh, blacklist. But I'm ashamed to admit that hysterical religious leaders there have been equally zealous in fomenting protests over the years against these gay charters. I know what animates their condemnation all too well. As it happens, I shared insights in this respect in the blog commentary I cited a moment ago, and in my podcast episode titled, If Easter Rituals Bore You to Distraction, You're Not Alone, from April 2, 2021. For this episode, suffice it to know that I grew up the apostate son of a preacher man. So trust me when I say that the religious pretext these so-called men of God, and they are invariably men, use to sanctify their anti-gay protests amounts to nothing more than selective homophobic bullshit. But their self-righteousness and shamelessness are such that they have no qualms about bastardizing even the Beatitudes to rationalize their opposition to gay cruises. Mind you, far from retreating in the face of such opposition, Stonewall clearly taught gays and lesbians how to thrive despite or to spite it. Indeed, the LGBTQ community now wields so much power and influence that Atlantis and Olivia cruises, which cater to gays and lesbians respectively, are commonplace in the cruise industry. Meanwhile, 
increasingly defensive religious leaders preach that their condemnation is aimed not at homosexual cruise passengers, but at homosexuality, which, citing the parable of Sodom and Gomorrah, they consider an existential sin. And they will tell you this with a straight face. Except that this makes about as much sense as condemning the theory of evolution, because the Bible says God created man from dust and woman from Adam's rib. <laughs> Frankly, this infamous Sermon on the Ship makes a mockery of the famous Sermon on the Mount. What's more, the Bible makes clear that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for a litany of reasons, most notably for the seven deadly sins of pride, envy, gluttony, greed, lust, sloth, and anger, each of which I know firsthand. Christians, who happen to be heterosexuals, are all too familiar with. Then there are the equally unpardonable sins of idolatry, adultery, theft, murder, oppressing the poor, and, of particular interest for this episode, receiving strangers with hostility. More to the point, even when expressly referencing the sexual immorality and perversion that are an abomination to the Lord, the Bible cites rape, incest, adultery, and onanism, a.k.a. masturbation, all of which are more associated with heterosexual than homosexual behavior. Uh, to be fair, though, the seminal story of Lot and the two angels references homosexuality, but the condemnation it incites clearly pertains more to gang rape than to homosexuality itself. So you see, I am being kind, almost to the point of granting them indulgences for lying, when I say religious leaders are being selective, when they cite the Bible for their opposition to gay cruises. But never mind the Bible, because you need only look over their shoulders at the other cruise ships dropping anchor. After all, you can be sure those ships are carrying not only their usual contingent of proud heterosexual adulterers and fornicators, but their usual contingent of closeted gays and lesbians too. Yet, nobody has ever heard a peep of moral objection out of any of these religious leaders against any of those cruise ships making ports of call. Indeed, Nothing betrays the Pharisaic nature of their protests, quite like many of these religious leaders readily conceding that they would have no objection 
if gay cruises just had the decency not to advertise themselves as gay cruises. This, presumably because they believe a gay cruise by any other name would no longer be a gay cruise. <laughs> Pastor Alden Ebanks was chairman of the Cayman Ministers Association in 2006 when religious leaders began inciting organized protests against gay cruises. He died in 2011. God rest his soul. But he famously explained the inspiration for their clarion call as follows. As a society... We have a responsibility to our citizens to promote certain behaviours and to not promote certain others. End quote. This, of course, is true, but surely it follows that, by not objecting to cruise ships filled with adulterers, fornicators and drunkards, the pastor was implicitly promoting their behaviours as acceptable, no? <laughs> By the way, asking such seemingly obvious questions, especially as a teenager, drove my daddy crazy. <laughs> that said, I cannot resist this opportunity to get on my high horse about a related pet peeve, because too many people wrongly assume that cruise ships account for a far greater percentage of the GDP of Caribbean countries than is, in fact, the case. I shan't bore you with too many details, but it should be obvious that tourists who sleep on board cruise ships and only make sure excursions to Gork for a few hours do not contribute much to local economies. As a result, revenues from cruise ships rarely amount to more than 5% of GDP. Still, no islander can be proud to see media reports on protests against gay cruises which make island life look like a Taliban paradise. And no Christian can be inspired to see men of God continually betray the teachings of Jesus Christ so wantonly. I cannot overstate that, for every scripture they cite that implicitly condemns homosexuality, I can cite ten that explicitly condemns any number of cardinal sins, which the religious leaders condemning gay cruises are very likely themselves guilty of committing. And, to be clear, I take exception to their protests, pursuant not only to Presbyterian social justice, but also to personal moral compulsion. Not least because I know enough about history and religion to know that the flawed Bible reasoning black religious leaders are using to keep gay cruises out of ports of call today is the same flawed Bible reasoning white religious leaders used 
to keep black travellers out of hotels, restaurants, and other places of public accommodation not so long ago. And so, as cruise ships begin returning to ports of call throughout our region, I pray that local guardians of morality and social order show more regard for Bible teachings than religious leaders have shown in the past. After all, Jesus famously rebuked religious leaders for inciting similar hostility towards a woman they judged to be of ill repute. In other words, religious leaders need only ask that instructive question, what would Jesus do when it comes to welcoming gay cruisers to their shores? Indeed, it remains possible that the Spirit could move islanders to remind these religious leaders that Jesus warns us in Matthew not just about false prophets, but also about judging others, lest we be judged ourselves. On the other hand, I'd be remiss not to admonish the few gays who might feel inclined to make a public spectacle of themselves, just as unruly, randy, and drunken heterosexuals so often do. In short, do not assume that flagrant exhibitionism that might be the norm back home is just as acceptable throughout our islands. Please show respect not only for our laws but also for our local customs and values. Uh, that said, you can rest assured that, notwithstanding the fulminations of religious leaders, the vast majority of us heartily welcome all visitors to our island paradise, regardless of race, religion, or sexual orientation. That's it, and if you liked it, please subscribe. It's free. If you'd like to contact me, I invite you to email anthonyhall279 at gmail.com or use the contact feature on my blog at www.ipjn.com. Thank you for listening, and until the next Talking Opinions, goodbye.